Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan, and today, my two vices, we've got Uh-oh. Michael Snydell. Hello! Happy uh, New Year, four days after the fact. <laughs> Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Jesus Christ is born. We also have Bill Graham. Woo! Yeah. And um, we're back. After the new year, after an extended break that might be one of the longest in series history, to talk about Vice, the newest film from writer-director Adam McKay, previously of The Nice Guys and uh, The Big Short. And and, Anchorman. Um, Anchorman, <laughs> yep. Talladega and, Nights. <laughs> yeah. All of them. All of them shits. All them things. And this movie stars a bevy of Hollywood luminaries, uh, limited, or including but not limited to Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Steve Carell, Sam Rockwell, Eddie Marson, and Allison Pill. Oh, also Bill Camp. I'm going to throw Bill Camp right up there up front. Love me some Bill Camp. Anyway. Always Bill Camp. Gotta have Bill Camp. We are here to talk about Vice. This, of course, newest film again from Adam McKay. It is an awards juggernaut and i guess i guess that i should like wait to get into this but this is a movie that michael snydell actively asked us not to record a podcast on <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> and i think you know at some point i you, you said like why should we record an episode on this and i was like because it's a massive movie with big stars in it that is getting a shit ton of awards attention why would we not record a, mo- a review on vice and um, I think it was the Producers Guild uh, nominations came out today. And Vice, yeah. once again, on that list, right besides Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Which uh, you know, maybe we'll have to do a special episode for when that wins the Academy Award for some reason. Oh, well, I've seen it, so. Well, good for you. I have not. <laughs> I got two screeners for it and decided not to watch it. <laughs> Talk about some real screener privilege uh, you're pulling right there. <laughs> it's like, oh, I could just eat one of these and still be able to see this movie for free? No, thank you. Because that's what I feel about that movie. Made by a man with many accusations against him related to his character that I don't know I can legally speak out loud on this podcast. So... But wasn't it actually finished by someone? I don't mean to make anything, but wasn't it? Is he on the disc? He is the the director of that movie. But I am. I Dexter I, Fletcher finished it, though. There was a massive thing about, like he, like, he was having some personal problems, like, quote, unquote. But, like, and, like, someone else had to come in to fix it. It was a huge deal. I don't remember ever getting the straight the straight story on it. But Brian Singer is the credited director. 
That's crazy. I okay. agree. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, that's just the way it is. Anyway, anyways, we're here to talk about Vice. Before we do that, the usual stuff. Um. Oh, it's been so long. Uh, find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show. Facebook, search for the Film Stage Show. Give us, uh, give us a podcast at email. Give us an email, podcast at thefilmstage.com. And of course, go on iTunes, give us a comment and rating. If you would like to give us money to say thank you for creating these wonderful episodes for you, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow. For as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our super cool Slack channel, which you're definitely going to want to be a part of for when award season kicks up, because nothing brings out the kindness and magnanimity of humanity quite like award season. <laughs> and, um, of course, we're brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. As always, Mubi has great stuff coming to their platform every day. One of their, or one of their, their talented curators bring you a brand new film to check out. You have 30 days to watch, and then the movie disappears into the ether. But that's a constantly rotating selection of 30 films for you to check out. Some stuff that is coming to movie that you will want to see. The Man Between from 1953. The turbulent grounds of post-war Germany set the stage for this thriller amidst a politically divided Berlin. In many ways, a companion piece to The Third Man great movie this underestimated game of deception oh, this under yeah underestimated yep. game of deception starring james mason is a masterfully realized is a masterful realization i can't talk it's been too long since i've done this of a city as a chessboard of escape and pursuit so yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, i like how you skipped the x-rated a uh, fairy tale that came out the day after that Belladonna of Sadness. <laughs> oh, oh, oh uh, how did I forget about Belladonna of Sadness? And in all seriousness, I've I've heard nothing about fantastic, uh, nothing but fantastic things about it. Just maybe don't watch it with. I was going to say your little cousin, but that made it sound like I had real life experience. I have no experience <laughs> of watching this film, <laughs> but that I'm just saying. It seemed like you had a real awkward moment with your little cousin. This is not a Disney film, but I have heard it's fantastic. So if you have movie, uh, I've heard nothing but great things. So don't watch it with your little cousin. <laughs> Assorted perhaps, little ones. Perhaps an older cousin. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that is movie for your free 30 day trial. Go to MUBI.com slash film stage. So that's that. We have done what needs to be done. And we are now totally oh, scot-free. <laughs> To talk about Vice, again, the newest film from Adam McKay, whose most salient directorial credit is probably the big short. He is also the writer on this film. This film stars Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, vice president of the United States during the Bush years, and it charts his rise to power. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, I, you know what? I can't even like pretend to hold my opinion back. It's like a shit biopic and it's a, not a very lopsided, like lopsided. It is very clearly like it at no point pretends to be objective. Like right. we should get that up front because that this seems is to not, not be clear to some people <laughs> this is not a walk the line this is um this is like if it would like walk the line like was made by someone who hated with every ounce of their being yes 
I was going to say Joaquin Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to give him the worst movie to star in. Um, Johnny Cash. Yeah, so uh, this is Vice. This is the story of Dick Cheney, as told to you by Adam McKay. And here is the trailer. What do you say? I want you to be my VP. I want you. You're my vice. Well, George, I, uh, I'm the CEO of a large company. And I have been Secretary of Defense. And I have been White House Chief of Staff. The vice presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh-huh. However, if we came to a, uh, different understanding i can handle the more mundane jobs what we're seeing all right that is the trailer for vice um how best to proceed i think it's interesting i think it's interesting how trailers work don't you guys don't you find it interesting how like a trailer can give you the idea of a movie that you really want to see, and then you can get bait and switched so hard that you feel like you'll never trust again. I've heard that about Mary Queen of Scots, which basically bills that film as the showdown between the two queens. And apparently they share all of like a minute and a half of screen time and never really converse and never really like duke it out verbally. And because unfortunately people went in I guess maybe hoping or slash like me being ignorant to the fact that that never really happened. And so the film doesn't depict it ever happening. And it's like, but all the trailers are like, see these two women just duke it out verbally. And you're like, yeah. And apparently, yeah, that shit doesn't happen at all. <laughs> I So, so spoilers for my opinion in this film. It's a rotten piece of fucking garbage. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, incompetent and angry in a bad way. (laughs) And it's just not good. I feel like all the talents of everyone involved are wasted, except for Adam McKay, who clearly thinks that he's having like just the most amazing moment in this, his life, finally being able to tell the story of everything that you already knew about Dick Cheney, but with a veneer of Hollywood gloss and, and his own sense of like moral outrage that he can't codify into a narrative. Um, it's just it's like th- seeing that trailer after having seen this movie reminds me of um Suicide Squad mm. and how David mm. Ayer was making a movie and it was supposedly like very dark, very like gritty, very serious. And then a trailer company cut a trailer for it that was kind of like poppy and fun and had like some pop music in it. Yeah, shortly yeah, after sweet. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. came out and had a, a similar kind of feeling trailer and then made a bunch of money off of no names pretty much across the board. You know, nobody can name the Guardians of the Galaxy back then. Oh, yeah, and, I was to start naming yeah. them just to be a dick. Um, but yeah. so, like, so this movie, uh, you know, it's what happened with Suicide Squad is they showed that trailer. People fucking loved that trailer and people who, who actually knew the movie and were making the movie were like, oh no, that trailer has nothing to do with our movie. Um, maybe we should give the movie to the trailer company and they can cut the movie, um, which is a terrible idea. And I never thought that I would say this, but I kind of wish that they'd done the same thing for Vice. I really wish that whoever had cut that trailer had been handed the keys to the kingdom to make the 
super cool, cynical, like, you know, jazz-inflected, like, synthy vice of that trailer, and not the staggering mess that instead shambled onto my TV screen and just sat there staring at me, giving me the finger for two hours. So that's how I feel about this movie in a nutshell kind of way. <laughs> Let's see what everyone else thought. Um, Michael Snydell, you wrote the review for this movie for the I, film stage. How has that been going for you? <laughs> wow. I did. It, it's been good. I've, I've been getting some some fun hate mail in, in both ways. and uh, Or I should say in both directions in terms of uh, people seem to both think that I uh, am a, a, uh, a snowflake and also a right-wing person who is, is terrified of my precious Dick Cheney being, uh, being criticized. I, I guess like, you know, it's, I, and I mentioned that not to be glib, but rather to immediately talk about the, the oddness of like, as Brian was already saying, you know, like this is like if someone made walk the line and hated Joaquin Phoenix, this is a biopic. And, and of the type, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Johnny Cash. <laughs> Just Joaquin Phoenix. Just keep uh, doing that. Um, this is an odd sense in like going into this and seeing the big short. Like I had some semblance of what this was going to be, and it it, it was weird writing about this because it gave me kind of a chance to think a little bit about the state of satire in, in 2018. Like this is last year was such an odd year for politics. Like you had things like to, to bring the most explicit ones out. You had things like death of Stalin, you had things like, sorry to bother you, which were, and then you have things like vice, like to, I'll pick three kind of, those are three quadrants I'll say. Um, and they, those were all extremely different, but they nonetheless point out to me how much Vice doesn't get it and why the big short even even worked better. And interestingly enough, uh, I actually <laughs> wrote the big short review <laughs> for this site as well. And um, in, in case anyone thinks that I just have an axe to grind with uh, McKay, uh, I absolutely love McKay. I gave a B to the big short. Um, I think that stepbrothers, uh, the other guys, um, the first Anchorman, uh, and even parts of Talladega Nights all have moments of brilliance. And I think that he actually, you know, kind of had a crystal ball in, in understanding a lot of, um, a lot of young men, and like the anxieties that they were having while also making me laugh my ass off with like incredibly crude humor. Uh, I, I really enjoy McKay's aesthetic for the most part. I have become more skeptical as, as the big short has shown a pivot, but even the big short, um, it came at a different time, and I think that absolutely has to be said first and foremost, is that The Big Short was now three or, – or, or I'm sorry, I have it literally in front of me. It was 2015. It was three years ago. You know, It was way before the Trump presidency, which has you know, beaten us so much in a submission that we're no longer talking about things – it's no longer like when are things going to be apocalyptic, but rather you know, when are we going to stop being tired? <laughs> like that's, that's how – 
the country has almost shifted. And so it's just so weird to me that Vice now comes out. And as Brian said, like it is, it's so redundant. Like Dick Cheney and the Bush administration, like they absolutely deserve to be raked over the coals if that didn't already fucking happen, <laughs> like for the last, you know, decade plus, like this is information that we've all known from, you know, various journalistic exposés from just living through it. And to get this treatment, which is at once, as, as Brian was, was saying, like, it's so dour, like there's almost there's not a single joke in this movie that works for me. I, I think that everything is so larded down by this this uh, this relevance and needing to mean anything. And when you also combine that with McKay's kind of new style, which is so obnoxious, like it's it, it's it's at once kind of clever because it's like it's a uh, very standard stodgy biopic stylings. Like even the cinematography in this looks like an awards bait, but then you also have like essay film stuff. You, you have uh, random tangents that, um, you know, it, there's an extended montage of fishing, uh, fishing bait. Like I, what I mean is that this is really kitchen sink filmmaking that really doesn't work in part because it's trying to marry so many different types of comedy. Um, and it, it, and it just, it, it never works for me. Um, I, I really, I, I don't want to make a big thing about this, but <clears throat> I will fully say <clears throat> I would not finish this movie if I was not reviewing it. I, it took two different sittings for me to make it through this. And just so it's clear, I am a bleeding heart liberal. I, <laughs> in this, I did not need to be converted on this. I was happy. You are the choir that this movie should be preaching yeah. to. I was happy to piss on the grave of all of these, all of these people. And I, I, I fully mean that. But this film, I think is so, it is so obnoxious and so tedious that I I think it, it might be the rare movie where, you know, I, at least I hope everyone can agree that, like, there has to be a different way to handle politics. And the last thing I'll say about this, which we can get into later, is I really do think this is the epitome of what liberal political art should not be right now. Because if you want to go back to the Trump presidency and like as much fun as it is to come up with a hundred different names that have to do with Cheetos to describe Trump, like it, it also revealed uh, how bad it was that we kept making so many of these people into like symbols and icons rather than just bringing them down to being pieces of shit. And I think vice in mythologizing these people to that extent is like the exact problem. Um, I'm, I'm losing my points now, but yeah, this, this movie fucking sucks. And I don't really want to talk about it, but I guess we kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bill Graham, what are your thoughts on vice? <clears throat> so, 
I came in having been a big fan of Big Short. I think I probably would have given it an A minus or so. Um, yeah, his comedy stuff is great. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I had heard lots of bad things about this film coming in, uh, despite the kind of award season chatter. Um, I know a lot of people were holding out kind of spots on their list for this film in particular, and then they finally got a hold of it via screener, via uh, early award season screenings and whatever and then a lot of people were like nope never mind uh how about shoplifters <laughs> uh so yeah a lot of people have kind of you know <clears throat> the momentum for this film is hard to change it's it's like changing a giant boat's direction right uh it mm-hmm. takes a lot of power and a lot of energy and a lot of effort so when people say that this is a award season juggernaut considering the fact that the Academy Awards hasn't announced any of their shit and like all this other stuff is still going on. Um, I find kind of laughable. Like I guess it kind of is. I mean, maybe it made some lists, but I don't know. Like the only one that I can really think of off the top of my head is the golden globes and they will shit themselves silly just to get all of these names inside their, their little auditorium. So, you know, uh, whatever you make of that, go ahead and make of it. Uh, the Producers Guild, I think, look, producers are going to love what this actually is. And this is a very complicated, how the fuck did you make this movie in this kind of world? Uh, it's got a bunch of big stars, everything like that. So um, I think on a production level, yeah, this is definitely going to be something that a lot of producers like salivate over, like, just putting this together. Um, that being said, I had two different kind of stances on this film. Um, like Michael, it took me two watches to get through this. Um, like Michael, I watched about half of it and I said to all of y'all, uh, including some, I guess maybe in, on the public Slack channel, like, I don't think we really need to finish this. I don't think we really need to watch it. Um, But I was actually glad that I did finish it. Uh, So that's weird because it was an hour in. And famously, if anything's over two hours for me, ah, I I don't want to muddy my my own stance. If anything's over two and a half hours or closing in on that, then it's got to be like A-grade stuff. Um, But even at two hours, this film... I feel like this film really starts to wear on you. And that's not just because I watched this in two different chunks. I I stopped about an hour in and then I kind of picked it up right from there. Um, I stopped right around the time when uh, they start quoting uh, Shakespeare to each other. And (laughs) I was just like, Oh, I I think this is a good stopping (laughs) point. Um, if you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't seen the movie, that's not a spoiler until you get there. And then you'll be like, oh, what the fuck? Um, but I, I enjoyed what this film is trying to do. I enjoyed what this film does brazenly. I enjoyed the message that this is putting across. Now, whether you actually like the package and everything 
to go along with that? I don't know. Um, I feel like for so many people, they will just flat out refuse to go see a biopic. And this is a biopic. And a lot of people are going to watch this um, because it's different because McKay is trying to be different. Now, whether that's because you want to say that he's kind of loosely sourcing facts or whatever, it sounds like he's done a, a quite a bit of research. Um, and look, if you can get two experts on something that isn't necessarily like, you know, a biography on someone to agree on something. My God, like good on you. You need to win a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> so, you know, experts will disagree on shit all day long. Um, but I feel like this film sets out to accomplish something where it's trying to play with the rhythms and trying to mess with the format of your typical biopic and i think it succeeds in that now that doesn't mean that this is a pleasant experience i think this film is a growing pains film i think this film shows us a way forward in some ways to kind of go about this in changing that biopic standard kind of view from a lot of critics and a lot of other people um because i don't know like it's funny a lot of Critics have issues with biopics just in general, and then the general audiences just eat shit up. Um, you know, all of those other films, the Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Johnny Cash film, um, like all of these films have made uh, Ray have all made a good amount of money. And then queen is sitting here right now, probably at like, I don't know, 500, $600 million worldwide or something like that. It's the 10th. I think it's in the top 10, uh, global, um, for 2018. Yes. Like that's insane. Now, whether you want to chalk that up to people just want to spend two hours in the theater with queen music blaring or not, I, you know, you can, you can make that argument for sure. Um, but that is a, a fairly standard biopic, and it made all the money. And so, you know, I, I feel like general audiences just love this shit. And this one's kind of a, hey, critics, here's one for you. And I feel like a lot of critics are like, nah, <laughs> return to Cinder, you know? So I don't know. Like, it, it's tough because – when when someone's trying to mess with that format and mess with that mold i i understand when when people cry foul when you paint outside the lines but i feel like this film should be lauded in some ways for trying to paint outside those lines i don't know i i no <laughs> i don't uh, I just I have such a i have such an issue with that but i have so many issues with so many things in this film that it's hard to like even come at it i guess like you know michael has said he's a bleeding heart liberal i'm like probably i i'll just say it i am the most conservative person on this podcast mm-hmm. like but but i always say like i'm really conservative and then i say something that's like strikingly liberal so who knows what i actually am anymore this well, is why we're like kind of friends <laughs> well, i mean i grew up in i grew up in in the time when like being a republican was like I want limited government. I don't want new laws. I just want to enforce the ones we have and scale back 
like you know to to give more money back to the people to be able to like shrink the deficit to like lower taxes and like personal freedoms and blah 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 and now both parties are like i want to fucking bloat the government to some shit and it just depends on like what you want the government to be doing to other people who aren't you that decides what side you're on so like but you know i have so so you're saying like so so you're saying that you were a libertarian but you didn't realize that at the time i would say that i was a libertarian except i fucking hate libertarians (laughs) sure sure (laughs) these guys suck because like i'm the type of guy who's like you know what i would love if we would stop legislating morality um, but I still think fire departments are a good idea, you know, like I, you know, and most libertarians I know are like, well, like, you know, drugs and prostitution should be legal. And like, I don't see why I should have to pay for people whose houses burned down. And also the police are like bad and we should never have those. And I'm like, no, like the reason humanity organizes itself into a society is to have some organizing principles that society at large can take care of in order that we are able to better exercise like our freedoms as individuals. So a police force means that you don't have to constantly be at home with a gun protecting your shit. Like things like that. But like, again, I don't have any love for Dick Cheney. I think that this movie paints him in a way that is perhaps like too monstrous, but at the same time, too dumb and goofy. I think that like you could lay the blame for a lot of the things that happened in the Bush years at the feet of many people and make it a story of like systemic issues that all collided with each other and like people who had a vested interest in growing the military and people who had a vested interest in coming out with an outside power that would allow us to like better consolidate ourselves as like a nation and people who with oil interests and like all of those things happen to come together and like send us into a bunch of wars that we probably shouldn't have been in. However, this movie is like, Everyone was dumb except Dick Cheney, and Dick Cheney wanted to do these things. Why? I don't know. Like, this movie is the loose change of political, like, biopics and dramas. Like, Like, this movie makes just no sense whatsoever. It is so openly hostile to the person that it is looking at, at the same time that it lets everyone else off the hook. And, like... I would have an easier time swallowing a movie that was like, you know, uh, Bush wanted to like, you know, get back at Saddam for the things that happened to his dad. And Bush was never like going to be a wartime president. He ran on something called like compassionate conservatism. So he was able to get trodden all over by these career politicians who were able to like use him in order to, you know, do all their own stuff. But instead, this movie's like... Then Dick Cheney came along, and for 40 years, he's been wanting to do something called the unitary executive theory. And it's just like, there's it's, like... It's presented like a smoking gun, too. Right. There's a moment where someone's like, what, like, what do we do? Or like, what's going to happen now? And it just freezes on his face, and the words unitary executive theory comes up. And it's like, it's like if you're watching like a flat earth documentary, and it's like, you know, and 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 how, like, you know... Why would they do that? And then it just pops up with like Operation High Jump. Like it's just it's just the most insane, like thoughtless. It's it's that guy at a party who like reads the headlines of salon.com and then just screams at you without like listening to you or even like trying to make a point. And This movie is like just scrolling through your most liberal friends who also happens to like be deeply insane. They're like 
people that they follow on Twitter. It's just like ramping your way through a Twitter timeline of people that are just like shouting things at the top of their lungs without really offering any evidence or support or even any deeper like insight into it. And then it just clothes itself in all this dumb shit. Like they talk about like, like, you know, like there's a scene where like Alfred Molina plays a waiter who's like, Oh, and here we have like extraordinary rendition and here we have waterboarding. And it's like, okay, but like, I just, I, I think it's so much more interesting to, to look at someone and say they allowed all of these terrible things because let's say like they really cared about protecting the country, but they also think that everyone who's not a white American like is less than human and therefore our morals don't have to like apply to them. And this movie makes them seem just cartoonishly evil just for the sake of being evil. Uh, Mike, every time that we've brought up this movie, you seemingly bring up the scene where a young Dick Cheney asks um a young donald rumsfeld like what do we believe and then he just laughs and closes the door yeah and like that is that's the whole easiest shittiest way to like try to make a point or say something like this movie isn't like let's see why like republicans are like more primed to be like wartime people or like to to engage in a war even though i don't even know if like history pans that out given like the history of every war in America and who has started it and who has continued it. But like, instead it's just like these people are randomly evil for no real reason. Like, like the West wing has a greater nuanced politics, you know, and that's a fucking TV show from like 20 years ago. And, and this movie isn't, isn't that like also made up so they can make those like, it's made up but it's used but like when they make an argument they're almost always making an argument using like actual facts and figures from the time but like in this like you're telling me you couldn't read a book where donald rumsfeld at some point says like these are the the ethics that drive me and like they might be bullshit like maybe he says like i believe in a strong national defense and a limited domestic government like for personal freedoms like and you cannot believe him but like, don't just have him laugh and shut a door. Like, this is this this movie is like corrosive to our political understanding, not only of these characters but to one another. Agreed. Because like, it, it's the type of thing that I always bring up when people at parties like bring up uh, the abortion debate, and they're like, you know, these these people just want to control women's bodies, and I'm like, you have to understand that like, there are people who go to bed at night convinced that every day we are murdering children because when they think of a fetus. They don't think of a fetus. They think of a potential, present, nascent human life. And for you to just say that they're like, they just want women to suffer through childbirth is is just like completely insane. And you're never going to change anyone's mind by acting that way. And it's very clear that you don't think you should have to because you don't think that they're making an argument even with themselves. Like you think that they just get off on controlling people. And this movie is that. This movie is that. Like I don't have to understand them. They're just bad people. That that bulldozing lack of empathy. Yeah. And again, empathy doesn't mean you have to sympathize with someone, but you should be able to understand where they're coming from and see what they're dealing with. And like, you know, the movie even kind of tries to give itself an out at the beginning by having this scroll that's like, you know, we we tried really hard to, like, find everything out about Dick Cheney, but it's really fucking it's difficult. And so, like, yeah. so it's kind of like saying we found the facts of his life and we didn't bother to investigate, like, moral or motivation. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, I, fuck I, it. Like, we'll just make him seem cartoonishly evil. That scene, Bill, that you brought up with the Shakespearean language, 
literally is preceded by Jesse Plemons, who is the the narrator of this movie and one of its dirtiest tricks in wait, saying like, you know, there's no way we can know what what like what they said to each other or what they were thinking. Sure. But fuck it, here we go. Shakespearean dialogue where they talk about how evil they are. Like, why? Why do that? <laughs> why? Why have this movie start out calling Dick Cheney a dirtbag? Like, how much more interesting would the movie be if it was just a, like, stock, like, these are just the facts of everything? But then none of these facts are particularly new. You know? None of them, like, are shocking. None of them is a smoking gun. It's it's just Adam McKay going, like, remember how shit Dick Cheney was and how everything is his fault? Maybe, like, a whole thing, like, the end of Black Klansman? As uh, as the entirety of looking at the Cheney administration, is that what you're implying, Brian? I'm just trying to I'm trying to think of how to imagine this. I just like I don't even know. I feel like there's a there's a part well, of me that's like I don't think we have enough remove from Dick Cheney to mm-hmm. do anything like this. I mean, we've had like two movies about George W. Bush now, and um, two ish. And this one is sort of like another one, and like. Wait, what yeah. besides W? What oh, I, I think it's just W in this one is actually what I'm oh, Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, but sorry. Like, w, I can't even, I saw W and I don't remember a single thing about it. Like, but this movie, I don't know what, I don't know what point it's trying to make. I don't know what, what possible, like, enrichment one could gain from it. And I said after I was done seeing it, like, this is the movie that's gonna, you know, like you said, Michael, just everyone's gonna hate this. Because what could anyone like about it? Any conservative who accidentally goes and sees this movie who isn't like a conservative like me and was like, yeah, Dick Cheney wasn't a great guy, you know? Yeah. Bad dude. Like anyone who like lauded him. It's going to confirm. He did a perfect job is just going to be furious because the movie literally starts out calling him a dirtbag. And then any liberal who goes in is going to be furious because they're going to be like, why'd you let Bush off the hook? What about Donald Rumsfeld? There's a picture of him with Saddam Hussein. <laughs> you know, like anyone who, even if you're one of those like people who like is super conspiracy oriented and thinks that like, you know, Bush did 9-11, like this movie is going to fucking piss you off because like, why are you making Bush seem like a cool guy? You know, he's eating his chicken wings. You know, he, 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 he ran on education, so he wants to hold on to that. And he's giving Dick Cheney everything else because, like, oh, yeah, Bush wanted to do good things to the country. Because those people are like, no, Bush came in and wanted to destroy everything. And he only ever wanted to take out Saddam Hussein. And he let 9-11 happen so he could do it. Like, it's just, I just can't. This movie is so specifically for Adam McKay to exercise his feelings about Dick sure. Cheney and about us, the American people, who... He now has shown that he has nothing but the utmost contempt for. Because we all watched The Big Short, right? And we were all sitting there and we're like, oh, yeah, it's funny how he's like, finances are hard. Even people who are in finances don't understand. So he's got Margot Robbie in a bathtub and he's got Selena Gomez and some dude who's like actually an economist whose name I can't remember because he's actually an economist talking about (laughs) gambling. And uh, he's got Anthony Bourdain talking about, like, day-old fish, you know, and he's helping us understand it because he understands, he gets it, it's hard. Sure. And in this movie, he's like, oh, by the way, I think you're that fucking dumb about everything, you stupid piece of shit. Why weren't you paying attention to this stuff? Oh, right, because you were watching reality TV shows. And then the movie spits in your eye a final time once you've gotten through the whole fucking thing, which, like Michael, took me two times. I started watching this. 
shut it off because I knew it wasn't going to get any awards for me, and then started it up again at the beginning when I figured we were going to do it on this podcast. Watched Damn. the whole way through, <laughs> got through the montage of fly fishing lures so that he could finish off that stupid fucking obvious metaphor. And then he has this stupid, imbecilic stinger, which basically says, if you don't like my movie, you're an ignorant redneck hayseed. Also, I'm surprised you even watched all this because we all know that you just want to see Fast and Furious and you're the reason America's going to shit because you sometimes like to enjoy yourself. And obviously, if you do that, you're not paying attention to the things that are really important. Fuck you, Adam McKay. You're a horrible human being. What is wrong with you? Why did you spend this much time making a movie just to fucking shit on the people who went and saw it? (laughs) I joked on Twitter uh, a couple weeks ago that... I can't help but feel like the last – or like I guess Wolf of Wall Street was what, five years ago now? Yes. Uh, that all satire now is just the pen scene done badly. <laughs> like that. that is – like I'm going to say the 90 – the, the pen scene right at the end of Wolf of Wall Street where he says, sell me the pen. <laughs> just that, that whole reflexive uh, a bit that reminds the audience that they're complicit. But it's – it's again so much more effective and 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 doesn't have the same level of vanity that taints it uh, in the way that Adam McKay. I, but like Brian, at, at the risk of, I think nonetheless, though, while I am very much on the same content perspective with you, I think there is. I don't know. I kind of like to get into spoilers because I'd kind of like to talk about the second half, which I think is almost bad in a different way, but also less predictable because I I feel like it actually tries to start wanting to be a movie in the second (laughs) half. Does that make do you, do you guys know what I mean? It's it's much improved in the second half. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I, I I'd like to talk about that. I mean, we can definitely get into that. Yeah, I will. Um, I will say that Lisa Gay Hamilton looks a lot like Condoleezza Rice. Great casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's I, the one very thing confused. I have to say about this movie. <laughs> Shane Who is Wiggum Bill Camp in, in this, by the way? What was that? <laughs> Who is Bill Camp in this? He is um, Gerald Ford. I don't remember. There's a point where they're in the <laughs> Ford White House. This movie cool. also is like... It's that type of thing where, like, just to go back to the conspiracy theory thing, there's literally a point where, like, Dick Cheney is, like, hanging out around the Oval Office because he's, like, working with Don Rumsfeld. And what's his name? Ailes shows up. Yes. And is like, hey, can you put this on the desk of the president? Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He thinks we're going to make a conservative news network. Haha. And then it's like, boom, Roger Ailes would someday create Fox News. And it's like those things where it's like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg went to Harvard. And who else went to Harvard? Like, let's talk about those people. Let's just throw this in because, like, everyone evil is connected to one another. And it's all part of a big conspiracy. Does it ever really bring up Fox News again? Sort of when we get to the part where they try to invade Iraq. But it doesn't really, like, make any ties to be like, and Dick Cheney knew that he had a friend from the White House days. It's just like, oh, also, remember how we brought up that Fox News was an idea for many years? It happened. And so they were able to use it. Just like they were able to use CNN and MSNBC and stuff like that. And there's so many little so many little things like that. Even things that you think would make him sympathetic. It's like, did you know that Dick Cheney's father-in-law maybe 
possibly killed his mother-in-law? And it's like, no, I didn't. That's such a horrible tragedy. It's so like, and did you know that Dick Cheney told like the the father-in-law never to reach out to the family again? It's like, no, that seems like a really responsible thing for him to have done. Yeah, but he's related to a murderer, not by blood, just by family. And it's like, oh, oh, you're supposed, that's, should I like feel, do I think that like, he knew uh, a guy who maybe murdered someone, but no one knows anything? Yeah, isn't that fucked up? And it's like, eh, I mean, like, families have tragedies, and I don't really know what that says about him. Is it ever going to come up again? No, it's not. Oh, all right. Well, fuck you. Well, I, th- I think that's the I, – I mean, we can speak about this way more in, in spoilers, but I, I think nonetheless that exact thing you're talking about, uh, Brian, is like – the this very bizarre point of friction that occasionally shows up in the movie where they try to recognize these people not as human but at least as having like inner relations that aren't related at least explicitly to work and those moments are extremely strange every time like because they are always come with that that lacquer that you're referring to that, that lacquer of like, Oh, what does this say about, uh, you know, the larger administration that these people could have, you know, could like, you know, have nice dinners and also, you know, bomb Cambodia by day. Like it's, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I have no idea why they, they, they choose to approach these things this way. Cause it's just, it's uh, like, I don't know, Bill, like I, I guess um, I, <laughs> Brian and I have a little bit, <laughs> we have some feelings about this movie, but I'm, I'm just curious, like what you were saying that I, I thought how you were referring to this in terms of uh, biopics and in terms of this, having a very specific message, uh, mm-hmm. like, or not a very specific message, but you were talking about how there is a, I, I don't know. I, I guess just talking about it as a, as a biopic feels a lot different than how Brian and I are, are talking about it. I mean, I mean, do you disagree with how we're uh, portraying it? <laughs> I know we're very negative, but I'm just, I'm just curious if you saw any of these things in a different way. Well, I mean, first off, I, I think it is a biopic. I, I'm not sure what you're asking there. Um, well, you had said th- that it kind of bucked the trends of the biopic. Yes, because that's literally what it is doing. The way that it's shot, the way that it's edited, the way that it kind of keeps going off onto these tangents and things like that. It, it is basically he's bringing a lot of his mentality from the big short into this. He's bringing a lot of his mentality of his comedy where he keeps going off onto tangents of like, you know, the Talladega Nights where they kind of do flashbacks and like show show different things and stuff like that. Um, and you know it will follow a thread and hopefully it lands with a laugh in this film i think it lands with with terror or lands with just like despair in some ways um but i don't disagree about brian's overall point in that maybe this movie shouldn't exist because maybe we don't know enough to actually paint a a specific enough picture of cheney or of this administration slash this time period 
overall to give it the kind of, I guess, I, I, I mean, it all depends on what his goal is. Is his goal to paint Cheney as as this kind of caricature and things like that? And I think it's a- absolutely his goal. I don't know if he's trying to paint his cabinet and everything like that as anything more than just caricatures because this film is literally called Vice. This film is about Dick Cheney. It's not necessarily about his cabinet and and everybody surrounding him. And you know, time will tell, and history will will definitely be able to tell you, you know, who was ultimately responsible or why all of these people are responsible, as Brian kind of uh, intimates. So I don't know, like. It, it does break the mold of your standard biopic because this doesn't feel like a standard biopic because like, you know, it is dealing in muddy waters. And I think it's open about that from the outset. And yet it's almost not enough to end up ultimately making a movie. Um, yeah, I, I think was it's going to ask you, Bill, like, you know, you, we talk about like it being a biopic, but like, you know, like Johnny Cash, like I, I didn't know much about like his relationship, you know, when, when, when I watched Walk the Line, you know, I didn't really know much about like how he got started. Um, I didn't know really anything about like his, his problems with drugs. Like I knew that they were there, but I didn't know which ones they were, like how her family like helped him out. I'm just curious, like, did any of us feel like we learned anything new about Dick Cheney? I certainly did because I don't know that much about Dick Cheney. Um, for for the most part, his life was behind the scenes, and I think that is kind of the masterstroke of Cheney. And a lot of this is unless you were digging into the politics at the time, and I wasn't really paying attention to the politics at the time. I was very young. I was, I think, graduating middle school and getting into high school around the time that his kind of ultimate, you know, era was kind of born. Um, and so, no, I didn't give a shit about politics because, A, I, I couldn't even fucking vote. Like, what did I care? <laughs> you know? It was sure. one of those situations where why would I fucking follow this shit because, you know, ultimately we were at war, but we weren't at war with a country that could really strike back because before we knew it, we were already like taking down, uh, taking down, um, why can't I remember their fucking name? Not Afghanistan. Al-Qaeda. No, not Al Qaeda. That's not a country. Uh, um, Iraq. Oh, like we had already, we had already jumped into Iraq and then just fucking decimated that country. And then, from that point on, it was just a steady news cycle of like, what the fuck did we do? Like, why, why did we go into that country? Why did the, why did we destabilize that area and blah, 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 blah. And this film paints a pretty specific picture about Cheney's own, like probably intentions, probably, you know, ideas, it's also interesting that he doesn't have any sons. So the idea of going to war for him as an older man, as a man without sons, probably seems like, eh, fuck it. Like, sorry, you're put in that situation. Sorry you signed up for war, but, uh, you know, we're going to it. 
and maybe my former company can make a shit ton of money out of this. And certainly they did, you know, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's tough because you are dealing with someone that doesn't want a biography, doesn't want a biopic, doesn't want that kind of focus paid on his life. And also Mm. maybe she is the most boring fucking person alive. (laughs) And so like, how do you, how do you turn that person into someone that you want to spend two hours with? And this film does a decent job of like, actually making that somewhat sustainable again its success varies i think it does largely what it sets out to do but i'm not sure if it ultimately has a message about who dick cheney is and why he wanted to do some of this shit and yeah like i mean brian i i don't disagree that this film put so much emphasis on Cheney that you're just like, oh, everybody else is just a dum-dum around him, right? And it's like, no, there's a lot of smart people around him. There were a lot of smart people saying yes, a lot of smart people giving Cheney the way forward in a lot of these instances. And I think this film peppers those people in, but does it do them any any more than that does it give them you know rounded edges or anything like that no this movie doesn't have the time or or patience to deal with anything else except for cheney and ultimately i feel like cheney's portrait in this film as a whole is kind of lacking but again not that's the- so weird though because you like you're, you're like this movie didn't have time for anything but cheney his portrait in it is very lacking like Sure, but that's because we're we I don't know that we know all that many facts about like and and just pointing out like what you said, if I read a biopic by or a a biography by Dick Cheney, do you think he would ever explain his ideas or do you think he would give a bunch of reasons and then it was up to you as the reader or viewer or whatever as as the digester of that information to say, nah, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Like, I mean, I don't know if we will ever get that kind of answer about Cheney. And so this film puts itself behind the eight ball in that way. I don't disagree with you about that. But I think what we get is still kind of interesting. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I, th- I think that if I were to read something like by Dick Cheney about Dick Cheney, I feel like I would get answers that this movie doesn't give me. And again, they might not be the truth, but they'd still be something. You know, I feel like there would be a point where he would say like, you know, and this was my reasoning behind it. And this is why I believe it's a good idea. And this movie almost faints at the idea that he might have some personal moral compass at the very end. Yeah, I think I think that's what that kind of little capstone is supposed to be, is basically him saying that I was defending this country against all threats, you know, international and abroad, and maybe that's why, like, you know, you voted me into this position, blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't but, explain, like, the first 60 years of his life, you know? like Sure. Sure. It's it's this insane movie that like makes no attempt beyond like a very simple uh Lady Macbeth style kind of thing to like really dig into like what his motivations are until and then after it's 
gotten done telling you that he did it all out of greed and shit. It has him turn and say, I did it to protect like everyone, which is I, like, okay. Uh, so like, why, why, why have both of those different things coming? Why have one of them come out of the mouth of someone sure. that you've already said is a dirtbag and can't be trusted and is a manipulative lying son of a bitch. Like why give him that human moment? Why not just let your movie be like a teardown piece? Sure. Like, let it be let him be an archetypal cipher at that point. Yeah. I, yeah, I I guess that's that's my feeling too about what what you're saying Bill. It, like it, it's almost it's oddly the moments when it as I was saying when it tries to humanize him that makes the whole thing more muddled to me. Like sure. if it was entirely allegorical and metaphorical, we already talked about the stupid uh you know uh um Lady Macbeth part, but like even like there's just I, I described it in re- my review. There's just like so many moments in this movie that are just like single entendres. Like you get like uh, you know edits going from uh, Cheney's like anxious foot to you know a man in some foreign country where there's a bombing happening. A foreign like, country, <laughs> that's Iraq. Is it definitely? I can't. Yeah, it's been a yeah, while though. I was didn't want to. Yeah, no, no. It's definitely like the capital city of Iraq, and and he's just like, yeah, that that poor son of a bitch is is cowering with his family, just being like, what the fuck did we do? I couldn't remember what what half of the movie that was. Either way, um, like. It's those types of things that, like, you know, they're almost elemental in in a sense, and they like buck any type of logic. Like, they're just joke, joke, joke. They're these are caricatures. They have been, you know, put through a, a funhouse. You know, they've been put through a funhouse. Like everything is through that mirror. But like the very fact that it does things like what what we just talked about, like that final monologue at the end. And even the outright contempt for the audience is what just puts me so over the top and gives me just absolutely zero goodwill towards this movie. And I guess even like going back to what we were originally talking about, which I, I articulated poorly, was the sense that I think Brian and I, while we still recognize it as a biopic, I have I have to say in my brain, I have real difficulty comparing this to any recent biopic I've seen because it feels so, so shallow and and like, it doesn't really have anything to say about this person's legacy or their life. Obviously I think it's trying to do that, but like, I think the way that this is done, it's just, it so doesn't resemble even like, anything that my brain is conditioned to expect expect with that type of narrative. And I think that's where a lot of my anger for this movie, like really, you know, swells up. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think unlike Brian, I think Brian is more of has angst for the entire envelope of this. Whereas you, Michael seem to be more focused on the content inside the envelope and not necessarily the delivery system. Um, and I'm saying not that the content is original or interesting or, you know, whatever I'm saying the envelope sure is different 
considering what we normally get as our standard kind of paint by numbers, let's go through this journey from birth to fucking fame to the downfall to sure. the rebirth and well, everything but, like that, that like we so often get from biopics. Would you but say the big short that, does exist too? Like that is fair to say. Yeah, like, but this is like the big short difference. But would, the big I, short I, have, is, I have a question. Would you say that this movie proves that there is a reason that if you're trying to get at a deeper truth in someone in a biopic, that you don't do the things that this movie does. No, because I feel like this film is flawed from the get go because of what we've already kind of painted in, in that we don't know what the fuck Dick Cheney was trying to do. But, and this like, film, if that's the case, don't you feel like all these stupid diversions and fanciful cutaways like just further undermine whatever small morsel sure. of truth you could have gotten from like a movie that really like took a hard look? No, because you're you're dive you're you're trying to eject that away from what the movie actually is and what i'm saying is the movie as its content center probably doesn't deserve to be made period but i'm saying right does that make sense it's just funny though that like you're the guy defending this movie and you know that's fine and you're doing a valiant job at it but a lot of times your defense just comes back to i mean they just shouldn't have made it anyway like, yeah you're, like like you're I, I like how bad it is it's like well you couldn't make a normal movie with the amount of stuff that we knew even though like i don't like hundred like not maybe not hundreds but like tens of books have probably been written about this man and i'm sure, sure you could scrape each of those to try to come to some medium ground truth and then even then inject your personal feelings into it and make maybe not like a conventional biopic because when you have a man who is this professionally boring that would be a horrible (laughs) movie um but like you know you could do some stuff and like i said the 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 trailer for this movie makes it seem like it's gonna be straightforward narrative but with like a jazz energy to its telling and this movie on the other hand is like big short yeah yeah but this movie is like cobbled together saying we keep saying similar to the big short but i think like what you'd want from a movie like this, especially by Adam McKay, is like it's a big short without all the cutaways, without like the fish story, without you know the bathtub, without all the other stuff. Like, but just give it like a little bit of that like mean spirited improvisation, improvisational energy, you know. And instead, sure. like it, it really does even lean harder into the big short thing. Sure. And that's and that's because like I think at some point they realize like we don't like you know, there's not like. The stuff that, like, we could say about him is, like, the, maybe it's, like, a banality of evil kind of thing. But I think then, even then, if you took this movie yeah. and were, like, here's Dick Cheney. He's a, like, devoted father. He's, like, a, like I don't know, like, a decent husband to a good husband. Like, he's a, he's a quote-unquote, devoted public servant, but was also able to, like, twist everything into his own way. And he did it while being a very uncompelling public figure. And, and that's, that's the secret, That's an interesting right? idea. That's yeah. the secret sauce, and I think I think that is kind of what this film gets at a little bit. Mm. But but again, like, do we learn all that much about Cheney? No, not necessarily. Do we learn what, like, how scary it is that someone so fucking uninteresting and so behind the scenes that a lot of people don't quite know, like, how much power he had and wielded? Like, 
and that person ultimately is just like out here living living his his best life like with another person's heart <laughs> like holy shit you know it's it's one of those situations where it's just like the reality of him is almost more interesting than like actually telling his story because his story is boring as fuck like it just kind of is like he's not a very interesting character and yeah, I, I think I think this film was mismarketed, but I think they probably took what they could and were like, uh, how do we market Let's this? Take the two minutes of this film that's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that that whole sequence, I, I don't know what how many trailers y'all have seen for this film, but there is a a fairly prominent trailer that played in front of a lot of movies for a while where it was just George W asking Cheney for his hand yeah. in, in marriage, basically. Played, yeah, that's the trailer that we played up front. I mean, like, and yeah. that... That's a great piece of marketing. It is. It's a piece of marketing because, like, that's a great, compelling moment. Like, you've got the... Like, because, again, we've just gone through the 90s, the easiest time in American history. Like, we didn't have a lot going on. We had had sure. the bombing at the World Trade Center, but guess what? You know, they stayed standing. And, and like, Oklahoma, so, like, all of our big problems were, like, domestic. And sure, like, Clinton would occasionally go out and send, like, Deltas or the Air Force to go bomb someone or capture someone off in the world. But there wasn't a lot that was, like, troubling us. You know, the grunge movement had came and gone. Boy bands were a thing. Um, and, and, like, we were just, like, happy. And so, like, the, the the election of George W. Bush was like, well, we've either got a boring environmentalist, which mm -hmm. is Al Gore, or we've got George W. Bush, who's like, again, running on like this concept of like compassionate conservatism and like helping people to lift themselves up by their bootstraps and reforming education so that like people can make their own life and we don't have to like have them feeding off the government. And like, but isn't that a great idea? Because we're not saying these fucking wastrels shouldn't get any welfare. We're saying we want to help people succeed. And that was like the thing. That was what we were looking at. And nowadays, every single goddamn thing we're talking about is like the wars that we're in. Sure. And like racism that is like resurged in the wake of, of 9-11 and everything. And like all this other stuff that is just so like dire and consequential the constant relevance that we're surrounded by. Right. And so like, but like at that point in the 2000, people were like, yeah, you know, taxes and uh healthcare and education, sure. like those were it. And we weren't talking about like single payer healthcare. We were just talking about like minor reforms and like, or the fucking we, recession. <laughs> yeah, Bush came in. was just like, you know, he was goofy, but he was like a fairly charismatic, like nice seeming guy who didn't seem to have a lot of malice for anyone. Pretty sure there was like a rally where he spoke Spanish and I don't know how good it was because even though I was taking it, I was terrible at it, but it was just that kind of thing. Like, and, and then like, you know, he, he asked Dick Cheney to help him or to be his vice president. Dick Cheney's like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to find you a vice president. And then he's like, I don't really like any of these people. I'll be your vice president. And like, you could have all of that. And Dick Cheney being like, I did like, I'll be your vice president but I'm going to get me some out of it and I'm going to do a lot more. And Bush just being like, that's great. None of that stuff is important. Mm -hmm. like, none of it matters. Like America's in a golden age. We're fine. I am going to come in. I'm going to help with all the domestic things that I want to do. You can take over, you know, the world basically. 
And and then like nine eleven happens and everything changes and like suddenly everyone's scrambling and Dick Cheney is like the guy who's just like, All right, time to kick some shit into gear and really take hold because this, you know, young idiot from Texas like is really focused on all this other stuff, but I have some like useful knowledge related to this. And like have him have him be the guy who, in an attempt to save his friends from like freezing to death in the forest, accidentally starts a forest fire that engulfs the world. Like that's fine, but this movie is just this weird combination of he's an idiot who is goaded by his wife into becoming the most intelligent and evil man on earth, and he just waits in the back for the moment that he can spring the unitary executive theory <laughs> and take over the world, and then um, he gets a heart from someone who who served in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Well, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. I, is that even? I mean, like, I almost Googled whose heart does Dick Cheney have? No, uh, I don't. Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. that was the part that annoyed me the most: is the fact that we've got Jesse Plemons, who I can't. This is this is unimportant, really. But like, I can't figure out what like the time frame of his narration is because he's like playing with a kid. Working at a factory, nine yeah. eleven happens. It shows a picture of him in the military, and then he's That's in the military, right. and then he dies. But like, so is he like talking over the course of a week? But it also happens to be the entirety of life, or has he already been to the military? But then, if he's already been to the military, why do we see him in the military and he's talking about something that happened after he was talking to us in the warehouse? I, I saw it as a, a, omniscient, as if he was just kind of almost going over his life with him. Like it, it was almost like, uh, but he was so much yeah. younger than him. No, I know it's, it was weird. It was weird. Cause he's actually in the space and it feels like there should be another one, another version of himself just right behind, you know, playing with the kid or something. But that was my impression. It was, it's interesting in the sense of that. I, this is not my, uh, thought and I cannot remember who said it. But I'm just going to throw it out there. I am sorry for whoever – fuck, I really don't okay, remember. Okay, so, okay, anyways, okay. Uh, someone compared this to Modern Lars von Trier, which I find an interesting – Who? Uh, modern Lars von Trier. Oh, okay. Just modern Lars von Trier? Yeah, especially when he's okay, – Well, I, I, I didn't know if if the modern was supposed to be a movie that I was not – familiar with or if modern was like literally just the time period that was von Trier in the modern time okay <laughs> yeah but i i think there's nonetheless i'm still not sure what i actually think about that idea but i still nonetheless think there's an interesting thing when you think about the reputation of these two filmmakers like uh, Lars von Trier for good reason has become quite the misanthropic prankster <laughs> over you know, uh, over the years. And I think it's interesting nonetheless that McKay, we had, you know, such a more playful view of him. And it's obviously because of, you know, it's because of those earlier films, even as like there was, you know, uh, flirtations with politics, you know, and things like the other guys and, you know, earlier, if you want to talk more implicitly, but like then the big short and this, and I just, I, I don't know. I just I, I think it goes back again to the same question we've been repeatedly asking was who who is this for? And, and like what 
what was its overall purpose? And I guess like, you know, I, I guess I already said this earlier, but I really am curious whether we, we're talking about with Green Book, whether if it came out, you know, four or five years ago, whether it would still have the same, you know, brouhaha around it or whether it would have come and gone or whether it would become an Oscar darling. And I can't help but feel similarly about this, even as my I, I, I objectively think my opinion would stay the same, obviously. But like, I guess what I'm saying is, um, is that this this movie just feels so out of time to me, it, for reasons that I can't quite pinpoint. And I'm just wondering if you guys also felt a certain like datedness, besides like a certain confusion about it. I mean. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me, you know, there's, it's weird because there are parts of this movie that again, I say like felt like loose change. It, it felt like sure. that kind of like manic energy. And then there's a part of me that like wants to compare it to something like JFK. JFK yeah. is a movie that, that makes up a lot of stuff out of whole cloth. And I want to say it was Roger Ebert who said that it was almost like an immoral like movie because, um, it presented things so fast and in such different like film stocks and everything that like it was hard to know what had happened, but he like still gave it four stars. That's fascinating. <laughs> like because it's so good. Um, so I just looked up uh, his review and he says, um, you, the, the important point to make about JFK is that Stone does not subscribe to all Garrison's theories and indeed rewrites history to supply his Garrison character with material he could not have possessed at the time of those events. Um, he uses him as symbolic center of the film because Garrison, all the United States and all the years since 1963, is the only man who attempted to bring anyone into court in connection with the fishiest political murder of all time. And JFK is a movie that is... It is insane. It is a movie that literally just has Kevin Costner in the middle of a court screaming like, does this seem right to you? Like, sure. something else happened. We can't have been told the truth. And this guy, like, I think deserves to pay for it. Um, and, and, and it's better than this movie. This movie that claims that everything that it's saying through, like, in, in the mouth of, like, you know, cinema's now most execrable character, the, the bespectacled man at the, uh, at the, the focus group, says that everything here is sure. the truth and is facts and has been vetted by legal people or whatever. But, like, it, this movie says so much less and is so much more interesting and somehow makes less of a point than JFK. You know, it's, it's this, it's, like JFK in in saying fuck history and all this other stuff and like we're just going to make something that's compulsively watchable like the point of JFK wasn't this is what really happened it's to say like the true story like the 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 official course of events could not have been what they were like it's just to try to shock you into thinking like but is that what really happened and that's such a more effective movie than this one which is just someone like screaming aloud from a wikipedia entry and occasionally, again, like throwing in something that they read in a Salon.com article and then calling you sheeple because, like, you're just trying to eat your fucking sandwich on your lunch break. So this movie feels at once like 
old and new <laughs> and modern and old fashioned, but like it's just so poorly made and so like poorly directed not in terms of like what we think of as direction but like the the like like literally if this movie was a child running an obstacle course like the adult in charge just keeps pointing in the wrong fucking direction for this poor kid to just make it to the end you know the rudder is broken the goddamn steering wheel fell off and this poor movie is just careening all over the place because the person who should be steering it towards some thesis some final statement is like, no, my one point was just to show all this stuff to you. And it's like, but what is that? What good does that do me? Like, what good does that, like, how does that help anyone? And what are we to take from it going into the future other than just like never vote Republican, I guess, which like may, considering it's Adam McKay, be his point. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's, it's not, I don't know. Yeah, as you said, it's never going to convert. It's not. Really, it's not going to convert someone on the fence. It's not going to, you know. I, I, I know a few people who like this movie, but by and large, the the reaction to this has been largely negative. You know, it's yeah, from everyone. <sighs> and I said that I was like, you know, because if you're the type of person who subscribes to, you know, all Republicans are evil, you're not going to be happy that it's all at the feet of Dick Cheney. If you're the type of person who thinks that Dick Cheney is, in fact, a Methuselian figurehead that is responsible for everything from, like, literally Vietnam to the California wildfires that are currently going on, you're not going to be happy at the way the movie humanizes him from time to time. And, um, and if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're like a conservative, like me, who doesn't really give a shit about politics when it comes to movies, as long as the movies have something to say then you're just going to hate it because it's a shitty movie. And if you're conservative like my parents, you're going to hate it because like, it's just super fucking mean and doesn't even end up saying anything interesting. I always have this thing like, I don't mind if you hate someone that I like as long as you have a good reason. You know, like I have a friend who I can't bring around to parties. <laughs> <laughs> continue yes. he has insulted people in every way that people can be insulted and he is fluent in the the language of outrage um i i invited him over to go drinking once and he was going to crash at my apartment and my roommate's girlfriend had my roommate ask me if there was literally anywhere else that he could stay because he had said something that offended her so much and I didn't like her. And so I said, no, like I'm going <laughs> to stay here, but like, I get it. Like, and that's the thing. Someone comes to me and says, Hey, I fucking hate your friend blank. And I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, he said that thing to you and that is a shitty thing to do. But like, he is my friend. I've known him so long. And like, I know that deep down he is a decent person with a lot of damage, but I'm not going to expect you to like him and you don't have to hang out with him. And I'm not going to think less of you for hating him. So I'm not the type of person to like rush to the defense of someone whom I like. And I don't even remember the point I was going to make. <laughs> other than to say that like I don't have a problem. Even if it was someone that I liked. Even if this movie were about Terrence Malick. And it oh, was God all about it. how Terrence Malick was a horrible human being who stole from everyone and like murdered dogs for fun. 
Whoa! The, yeah, I knew. I, was I hate Terrence think, like, Malick. <laughs> what's the What's the meanest thing that I could say about Terrence Malick that's also not like problematic because it would seem like I'm belittling it? Um, <laughs> like, even if you were to make that movie, I would watch it. And if the movie was good, I would say that's a good movie. Um, I think maybe you're going a little too far. I don't know that that's all true, but like. You know, you've you've made some salient points. You showed your work and everything, and I still like Terrence Malick. But like, yeah, fuck, man, that's terrible. But this movie doesn't even get you there. Like, there's no. I can't conceive of the type of person who would see this and be like, ah, yes, finally, like that's exactly what we needed. Like, how does this movie help us understand anything about anyone, let alone Dick Cheney? Like, beyond that, like, what does it say about the greater need? For anything. You know, JFK had a lot to say about the human drive for just an answer. Like the feeling that something is wrong, you know, and, and the, the necessity of people who believe in something to continue onward and to try to find the truth. Like, and this movie is just like, yeah, man, Dick Cheney was like a fucking idiot, but then his wife gave him a pet talk and then he turned into the most evil man in America. And it's like, great, Adam McKay. What am I supposed to do with that information? Does that help me make any more informed decisions moving forward? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, no matter who, vote blue. And I'd be like, all right, thanks. Well, let's let's talk about specifically uh, the second second half. Like, I, I know we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but there's just a few specific things I want to get to because I think that they are – I guess, I, as I was saying, it's almost a different kind of bad because it, 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 it seems like the movie seems to want to go to places and actually kind of uh, do at least some bi- biopic conventions. And that is particularly when Dick is going to run for – of course, it's not in front of me. Is it Senate? Is that right? He's running for some yeah, – um, yes. Uh, so, that, so that as well as the – Right towards the end, what happens with Allison Pill and his other daughter, played by um, oh boy, what's her name, L- Lily Rabe, uh, who is r- running for I don't know councilwoman. I don't know what she's running Something for in Congress. I, either way, uh, so though, yeah, those are two scenes I find kind of fascinating. I, not in that I think they're well done, but more in that they. The second half of this movie seems to represent a more straightforward, like, cinematic story. And I'm just like, Bill, you already mentioned a little bit about the second half. I'd I'd love to hear. It sounded like you had some things you wanted to say. No, not really. I (laughs) I I think we've said enough about this film, to be honest with you. I, I think you're probably right, but I'm just wondering. Yeah, I do want to know, know what, if there's what any you want to talk about in the second half, Michael, because you said it was trying to be a movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it. I, I think those things feel more like biopic things, and feel more like the type of compromises and concessions that happen in this in the story of watching something. So to be clear, since we're in spoilers, uh, there is a moment where it it's a question of whether. Uh, Dick Cheney will out his daughter. Um, yeah, what will? Or sorry, his his daughter, played by Allison Pill, is uh, lesbian, and there is a question of whether um, Dick Cheney's other daughter will condemn um, 
her relationship with her girlfriend in order to uh, appeal to the establishment. Is that a fair characterization? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, like, I, I just find those two sequences very strange in, in the sense that they do want to kind of show the up and down of that uh, of their um, of Cheney's professional career, and I just I don't. I just don't understand the structure of this movie. And I, I guess in, I, I guess what I'm talking about there is that from a filmmaking perspective, the second half of this felt almost interesting to me, but not in a way that added up to anything or not in a way that seemed to like clarify any point, but, but I, I don't know, just felt very much like a different movie and one that was realized that it couldn't rely only on tangents to tell an actual s- linear story. What's weird about that whole that whole scene or that whole thing is like, so yeah, like there's a point where it's like, oh, Dick Cheney's probably going to run for president. And then you find out that his, his daughter's a lesbian and his wife sure. is like, oh my God, like we can't, like I don't know, I don't know what we do about this. And he's like, I don't want to submit my daughter to like the the ravening dogs of American press sure. that are going to turn this into a thing about her. And this is something that pissed me off. Cause like the movie has a false ending at some point and way before that, <laughs> you know, this, this is that. Cause it's like, you know, then Dick Cheney like left politics and like, you know, did this other thing and like ran the iron man and breeds golden retrievers. And then it's like the end. But then it's like, actually, no, that's not what happened because George Bush called him to be the vice. And I'm like, so at what point were you making shit up? Like, like, is he in a in a way saying that like his decision not to run for president because of his daughter was a lie? Because that is something that he has no. said. Like he he is like said that he like didn't really want to become like a big political figure because he knew what it would do to his daughter. And it seems almost like Adam McKay is trying to have his cake and eat it, where he's like, I, I don't, I don't understand what the confusion is, because because the film definitely posits that he didn't run for president because he knew that his daughter would get dragged into it, what and I'm then is that the the confusion is it, like it seems as though he's almost trying to say like that is part of the fairy tale ending, and that he thinks that like it was like a convenient lie, like that that Dick Cheney like was saying it it really seems like tying that into this false ending is his way of kind of like undercutting what could be seen as like a compassionate choice no i think what he's saying is basically wouldn't it be nice if that was literally his end point of politics and w bush did not ever come to him and ask him to be his vice like and 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 in movie right and it's like like, and and right off into the like like again because that ties into it it seems like it's it's like if there's a black hole that is all of the stuff that he was making up at the end like Hmm. then the event horizon on the accretion disc almost getting sucked into the black hole of lies would be that like actual fact about not running because of his daughter no, I, I I didn't read that like that at all. Okay. So, well, yeah. you 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 clearly have more. I don't even know what word I'm looking for. <laughs> Kindness towards this film. Yeah, yeah. You have a little more respect, I guess, for Adam McKay than I do. But like, 
so like a, a better movie would have focused in more. It would have it wouldn't have given us as much about Dick Cheney, and maybe it would have like plugged into his political life, and like maybe you would have had like the entire B plot of this movie be about like him being a family man. The A plot is him accruing political power. Sure. And then and then at the end, like the the final like thirty minutes could be about how like he's out of the vice presidency, there's nowhere else for him to go, but the dynasty can still continue, and all he has to do is give his daughter like the implicit head nod that she can throw her like the his other daughter under the bus. And like, you know, that would be his like loss of soul moment. And that would show you how far that he'd fallen. But, like, the movie, again, is just so hateful towards him, which is fine. But it, it does it in such a haphazard way. Because the movie seems to be want to say, like, you know, he was giving AIDS to children and setting people's houses on fire. Ah, oh, but he's a great dad. But then he would go back to, like, doing all this other terrible stuff. And then, but he was he was still kind of a good dad. But then all this other stuff would happen. And then he finally fucked over his daughter like his whole life had been leading up to and it's like you know you haven't really given us any sense of struggle you know it's very clear that you don't like him and you you as a as a narrator knew this was coming so like what am i supposed to get out of it like are you saying that like that was the only thing that could ever happen because he's a human who's rotten at his core or are you saying that that was the final moral domino that collapsed that truly destroys whatever like hope there is for redemption for this guy and like the movie is is told in such a disjointed crazy way that it's almost impossible to track like a moral or empathetic or emotional arc for this guy yeah <laughs> so, yeah like the, the second like the the second half quote-unquote of this movie attempts to do some things and go to some places and that's why it ends with him like staring into the camera and giving this you know this like you know, growling kind of monologue to the, to the audience about like, you know, I did this to protect you, but like the movie doesn't seem to believe that. What's the chance he's going to win an Oscar for that, by the way? I'm so fucking upset. I don't know. Probably very big. <laughs> um, the, the, you know, Bill, we had talked about like the award season, and everything. And, and you clearly, you, I mean, none of us think highly of the golden globes, but I think slightly higher of the Oscars. And unfortunately they seem to sometimes think pretty highly of the golden globes. You know what the best one is? The stages. Oh, the stages. <laughs> which is coming back. But we'll get that uh, another week. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, but like the PGA came out and people are like the PGA for all that it is, is, is a very big tell as to what could possibly yes. be on the best film list. Um, what was not on there? First Man, which some people wanted. Clearly, I did not, but I you know, would have accepted it. Um, first Beale Street. Was, Beale Street was was it was there. it ten or five? It's like ten. Oh, I, I think it was ten. Yeah, it's oh, a long okay. list. Um, and I I could actually I can look it up because I retweeted that list and my comment was this is on a whole like or with few exceptions. I have it up right now. Yeah, it says, oh, this is, with very few exceptions, a bad-to-very-bad list. And the nominees are Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Crazy Rich Agents, The Favorite, Green Book, A Quiet Place, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Yeah, I think I think half of those films are going to get nominated. Like, like, yeah, half of that list you might as well just throw out. 
Someone I think Brian said, there, there's Joker. there's fucking no way in hell I I will I will do something really weird I will I don't know um <laughs> to Bill, say something. I will take <laughs> a bag of ice on air if Crazy Rich Asians gets <laughs> nominated no for an Oscar. To hear you eat a bag of exactly. ice on air. That's exactly. no fun. God. Punishment has to be punishing to you, not to yeah. the listeners. Okay, I will. I will do fifty burpees on camera. How about that? How about we will make you drop hot sauce into your eyes live on my? <laughs> no, that's, no, that's not happening. Okay, well, the person that retweeted this, um, Brian Tallarico, said, yeah. um, "Take out Crazy Rich Asians and A Quiet Place, and I think you have the Oscar nominees." I think he's right. <laughs> I would. L- I watched a quiet place. This is something we we need to talk about on like a special episode or something. I took a bunch of screeners to Houston with me, and my sister and my brother in law and my mother and I watched a bunch of them. And I just want to like roll through my mother's. Oh, I would. I, I would love to hear them. Movies. I would love to hear them. Um, I will tell you that at the end of the favorite, when Yorgos Lanthimos's name came up, she says, "Is that the director? He should be shot." <laughs> <laughs> So her opinion on the favorite was death sentence for the man responsible. So it was not her favorite is what you're saying. She, I did. I I did. She did say, however, that she liked it more than La La Land. Okay. Which she said was, this might be the most trenchant, like well observed criticism I've ever heard of La La Land. She said, it's a movie that was trying to be a movie. (laughs) Yikes. Said, oh my god, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. My mom uh, hated Roma. Say, a Quiet Place. Uh, I watched that again, and I was like, yeah, I could see that. I think that'd be fine. No, it's, it's bad. Okay, <laughs> it's not very good. I don't agree with you at all. Um, also, you and I apparently can never talk about bad times with El Royale. Oh yeah, no, that's real bad. But yeah, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. I watched that. Last <laughs> night, it's great. Um, Good to talk to you again, Brian. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good to be back. What all this to say, Bill? Uh, Vice was nominated by the PGA. People believe that Vice will get a nom. Oh yeah, I, I think Vice will. It's one of those fucking goddamn movies. It's like you like, but almost like in the same way that you said, Bill. It's like it had all this momentum, and it's too big of a ship to turn around. Even though yeah. it sucks and no one likes it, people are still <laughs> voting for it because they're like, but it was supposed to be good, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, th- there is a narrative out there m- more than anything where, look, the flaw in the system is that directors vote for directors, right? The the initial balloting is like directors uh, nominate other directors in, in their individual categories. That's where they source out their their initial nominees. And I feel like that's a very, very bad idea because if you know anything about acting or directing, you know that it is a complete and utter time suck where you don't really have days and hours to spend like watching other people's shit. And so if you have an active actor and you have an active director that is in the shit, like out here making stuff they ain't gonna see but like maybe 10 films so guess what those 10 films are probably gonna be what they nominate and it's just like oh oh that's that seems like a terrible idea like like add up 10 films okay uh about 30 hours okay uh you you want to tell me that you're just gonna tell someone to chop off 
30 hours of their year while they're making one or two or three or four and maybe doing television as well. Like, yeah, they're just going to turn around and say, go fuck yourself. Like they're not, they're not going to spend that. They're not going to try that hard to see this many movies outside of their own general interests and scope. So like the press as as flawed and as as center leaning as they end up being when you get a shit ton of them together like the online film critic society or whatever <laughs> like look they have a much better like gauge on what is good because they've seen more <laughs> you know like i don't know like the it, a lot of this system is is just flawed from the get go. So, eh, I if if they saw ten films and they want to nominate Vice as one of them, I <laughs> you know it's it's hard to argue with that fucking logic. It really is. It's just like ah, well, you know, okay. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't they go see Vice? Like, look at all the people behind it. You know. So yeah, of course they went to go see Vice. Of course they sat, you know, sat some time out for that film. Did they give it for shoplifters or fucking Roma or something else? No, fuck well, no, fuck those like movies. Why... That movie's in black and white. I'm not watching that. It's on Netflix. It's not a real movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's oh one of the reasons God. why. Like I say that I had to try twice to watch this. I was up on like three days before I had to do my nominations for the the, the Washington Area Film Critics Association. And I was like, oh, I just got the screener for Vice. This movie's definitely going to be on my list. I'm going to have like seven different nominations I can give this movie. Popped it in. 40 minutes later, popped it out. I did not yep. have time. Yeah, no, I, had to I don't look have at time. Movies that might actually get some shit. And then yep. after that, I was like, well, it's coming out on Christmas. We're probably going to podcast about it. I guess I have to watch it. And I sat down, started at the beginning again. Watched it the fucking whole way through, and I was furious. <laughs> yeah. Not fast and furious, though, though that will be lit. Mm. All right. I think. Hey, bye. Imagine bye. being the actress who had to play the part of that woman. Hey, she was probably excited about that role in that. Uh, awards movie. <laughs> sub two hour podcast. Let's do it, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here. We've wrap only been recording for up. an hour and thirty seven minutes. Let's wrap it up. All right. Um is are there any more things to say about No, this? fuck no. There's nothing else to say about this goddamn movie. <laughs> Let's just go through the IMDB quotes page. Oh my god. <laughs> Kill me now. I do wonder what the first quote is actually. I'm gonna look that up and then we're gonna quit. From the trailer. <laughs> Never mind. Um so <laughs> let's <laughs> Let us wrap this up. Put a bullet in it, um, which is literally what I said when I said we should do Vice, that we should just do it so we could put a bullet in it and not have to talk about it again. And oh, so glad we did this. We did it. <laughs> uh, this has been good. I also said that I had to expiate my anger towards it, and I feel as though I did that, and I hope that everyone enjoyed hearing me scream. Yeah, I, f I feel like you had about four, four like, five minute long tangents that you went on. So if you are yeah. a fan of Brian Rowan ranting, which I know some of our listeners are. And is you didn't make a single fucking food metaphor. I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess I uh, this is new year, new Brian. I did bring up the flat earth though. So I feel like yeah, I'm still in a specific reference. <laughs>
<laughs> Fred, I know that thing you said in the flat earth thing you have seen somewhere. <laughs> Look, Operation High Jump is when no. Admiral oh, God. Byrd let's, went let's get the with fuck out of here. thousand U.S. troops <laughs> I need to food. Antarctica. Oh, what was man. he doing there? Was he trying to find the edge of the earth? Was he trying to yes. kill the Nazis who fled there with Adolf yes. Hitler? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. It's all of that. <laughs> the lizard um, people. The lizard people. I don't think that the lizard people are actually a part of the flat earth. Um, yeah. Jeez, Bill. Though We're talking I will about say, Bill, that um, anytime you hear lizard people in a conspiracy theory, you can almost like one to one replace lizard people with anyone who is Jewish. Like that is Yikes. what that means. Yikes! No, <laughs> I'm sorry. The li- like the lizard people is like the kooky way for people to be like the yeah, Jews without saying the Jews. Great. I apologize. I- I'm sorry. You thought that they were actual lizard people? No, I. I of course, what? I did. Why would I? They're does called make, lizard people. It does make some <laughs> conspiracy theories a lot less whimsical when you like point out to people. It's like when they say lizard people, they mean Jews who are actually honestly reptilian, but are also Jews. Oh. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Cool. So, uh, what? Uh, now that we've gone through all that shit, let me remind you to give us give us your money by going to patreon.com <laughs> slash the film stage show. That's fine. Um, <laughs> if if you give us money, you can come on Slack and ask me more about the flat Earth. Um, I'm sure that you want to ask me how close the sun is. I give you a hint: closer than you think. Um, <laughs> uh, that's my New Year's resolution. Every single podcast will have a flat Earth thing. Flat Earth reference, of course. Yep. 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 Um, <sighs> What else? Movie is our sponsor. Uh, God bless them for sticking with us. You could go to mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial of the coolest, most awesome, most useful, most well-rounded <laughs> possible streaming service on the interwe- inter- interwebs, internet. There's a bunch of great stuff on there right now. In addition to uh, what we were talking about earlier, there's also a, a series going on. The groundbreaking ethnography of Jean Roche. Yeah. A lot of great stuff on there. And a lot of good world cinema. So check that shit out. Definitely some days left on that too. So you can you can get to that. Oh yeah. Some of them have only been out for like two days. So yeah. go to mubi.com slash film stage for a free 30-day trial. That is all for now though. So let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time that we shout in their ears. Um... We're not exactly sure what we're going to do next. We have some uh, potential guests line up. We're just figuring out final scheduling. And, uh, yeah, we're going to figure it out. And and maybe – ten will be coming soon. You know, maybe when it gets – we're about to hit the doldrums. So, you know, maybe we'll go back into, you know, uh, roundtables or something like that. So Woo! if you guys are interested in that, just let us know. Yeah. And, of course, during the stages, you'll be able to vote on the movie that we didn't cover this year that we should have. Brian, don't remind me. in those <laughs> knives, you bastards. Uh, I already watched Deadpool 2. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't talk about it. No, I know, but it could be something they pick. It could be. Uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, all right. Let's let's uh, let's do it. Let's still find people at home. We can find you down next time. Bill. 
you can find me watching some classic movies that uh, we've never done from last year uh, on Twitter at CableBFG, and you can also find me on that Slack channel. They're classics, but they're only from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean the classic movies that we didn't do last year. Oh, yes. Yeah, we still have a lot of classics to catch up on. Michael Snydell. You can find me on Twitter at Outsnydell, where I will be very grumpy about avoiding all the conversations about the Oscars that are already starting in January. And, uh, oh, yeah, if you want, like, simplified thoughts that don't just end with me saying it fucking sucks, uh, you can also read my review about Vice uh, on the Film Stage website. Yeah, make sure to go read the comments on that, too. It will definitely not give you a headache. Anyway, um, I'm going to have some uh, written reviews coming to thefilmstage.com soon, so check those Ooh. out. I know. I have uh, my, my, my daughter's with her grandparents, so I'm actually able to go out and uh, see some screeners. So, Glass and the Upside. Nice. One of those is nice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is the Upside the one with... It's the remake, Brian. yeah. No! Brian, why? Yeah. The Intouchables, you know. Ah, oh, that's such a good movie. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I'll tell you why, Bill. Purely for money. Um, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that hurts. The only good heart. reason. I'm doing oh, it also, for money. Um, what we'll else? Also, am I have doing? most anticipated of uh, 2019 on Film Stage going up next week maybe <laughs> yeah it's next week i believe yes um so look for those written reviews by me over the filmstage.com of course you can find me on twitter at brian j rowan follow me on instagram um i got a new lens for my camera so i've been shooting up a storm and throwing a bunch of my pictures up there so do that at brian j rowan um i've recommitted myself to trying to track every film that i watched this year on letterboxd so follow me on letterboxd at brian j rowan and that's enough for now. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got some stuff coming at you soon, and we hope that and we hope that you come back to listen to it. So thank you for joining us and tune in next time. Sure. So, Michael, you, you wrote the review for the film stage. And Corey, 16 days ago, said, man, you seem like a super biased, a super butthurt right-wing hater. So, he is calling you right-wing, which to me would say that he is liberal. Because then he says to say this review is unbiased is like saying we should have went into Iraq. But it was butthurt right-wing hater. I don't. So no, does no, that mean? But he said no, because then he says to say this review is unbiased is like saying we should have went into Iraq, which both of those things are then untrue. So he's saying that we never should have gone into Iraq, right? I guess so. That, so. that would just to me makes it seem like he thinks you are a right winger who is a hater, and Corey is therefore liberal. However twist because then 15 days ago one day after Corey, jackson hart says totally agree with Corey. what a piss poor totally biased review so far so good it was clear from the very beginning that this 
quote, reviewer, end quote, had an axe to grind. Clearly, I didn't review it. (laughs) However, the fact that this movie is up for so many awards for acting and content suggests your snowflakey lib reviewer never gave this movie a chance from the get-go. So, he is calling you a liberal. Corey is calling you right-wing. And... Well, the worst part about it is they're referring to the Golden Globes, which is the only thing that has announced any of their nominations, as far as, like, stellar reviews. Like, what the... Who the fuck is this person that uses the Golden Globes as anything? They're saying that you have an axe to grind. But then they're calling you a liberal. Jackson says, you have an axe to grind, you're unbiased, you're a snowflake lib. But... That makes it sound like Jackson is conservative, but he's agreeing with Corey, who is liberal, didn't think we should have gone into Iraq, and thinks that you're a right-wing hater. Uh, I, I thought, wait, just to say, too, I thought the right-wing also hates award shows because it's kind of a symbol of, like, liberal bias. So what we're saying is that Jackson Hart is a very complicated human being. <laughs> Because you've got an axe to grind. You definitely didn't like this movie because you're a liberal. I think, okay, and the other layer. Which makes me think that Jackson thinks that this is a laudatory film. Yes, no, yes. This is is the other crazy thing. The other layer is that if you've even seen previews for Vice, Mm -hmm. it is so obviously a biased liberal's view of Cheney. Oh, 100%. So this is, yeah. So this is weird because I've I have also gotten Twitter hate messages including someone who said he wanted he was going to print out my review and use it as toilet paper. At which I said <laughs> wow. at which I said That's awesome. If you really need toilet paper that bad, please use my review. That's um, so He stupid. didn't know what to say understand. to that. <laughs> I don't understand this even a little bit. I, like you should have told him you should have told him dig really deep so I can get inside you. Wow, that is that is some kind of fucked up right there. <laughs> I, I mean, like, and the final line, if you can't be objective, like, it wouldn't be a comment on a movie review if someone said that a personal opinion people, people shouldn't be objective. think that movie reviewers should be objective. Sure. Know Would- how. <laughs> this movie was shot on digital. It stars Christian Bale as a character named Dick Cheney. It is 200 or like two hours and like two minutes long. No, no 200 sounds good. <laughs> how, uh, how soon did these review or like comments pop up? Because my favorite part about a lot of this shit is when you post a review ahead of like release or like on release day and you get like a ton of comments of just people that clearly have not seen the movie, but have already made up their mind that this is a good movie. And they just like try and just slash you to pieces. And you're like, have you even fucking seen this movie? 16, like, 15 to 16 days ago is definitely like either at or right before it's Christmas day release date. Exactly. Yeah. So these people are just like, Oh, this right-wing hater snowflake lib hate, like only disliked this because it made Cheney seem like a super competent 
monster? I don't know. <laughs> it's really difficult for me to understand those two reactions side by side. And I would love to put those two in a room, um, you know, as part of a focus group. Oh, no, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> and welcome to our Vice Review. <laughs> so the thing is, Corey is super easy to understand. He thinks you're a conservative. He thinks we should not have gone into Iraq. He thinks that you hate this movie because you love Dick Cheney. (laughs) (laughs) What a a bizarre view. (laughs) Jackson Hart is of the belief that Corey is right, presumably about everything except for going into Iraq. And that you are a snowflakey lib. And I don't know why. Is there any chance that he's calling Corey a snowflake lib? No, because he calls you a reviewer. And no, you never gave the movie no. a shot. So yeah. yeah, Jackson has to believe that this movie is laudatory of Dick Cheney. <laughs> These are two opposite viewpoints who come together. And I just want to say, the one of... My kind of lead of my actual review is this is going to be the holy grail that you will unite both sides of the political aisle. Yeah. So, you know, you were right. <laughs> I was congratulations. Right. I, I like that's pretty awesome for you. Mission accomplished to uh, pull a, a, a line that has some relevance in the era of uh, Bush. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> All right. Are we uh, are we ready to rock and roll? Yeah, let's do this. OK, let's do it. All right, counting. Oh, I'm already recording. Hold on.